This is BPN Radio, your 24-hour Internet prayer station with Dale Gentry and friends. Calling America to pray. A member of the Breakout Prayer Network. Let's pray, America. It's time now for the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves here on BPN Radio. Second Chronicles 23.6 says, And all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for the Warriors Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves. Welcome to BPN, a Warrior Watch. This is Pastor Callie. I'm so excited to be here today, to be here with you, to get an opportunity to pray with you, to pray with America, to pray with people that are tuning in. We believe that God is doing something great in America. We believe that God is healing our homes, our families, our churches, our cities, our nations. We believe God is raising up a mighty church that is praying, fasting, seeking God. Um, I've, I've have so much excitement in my heart for what God is doing uh, in our nation. And one of my guests today, my guest today, I'm really excited about having her. I've had her before. Um, Her name is Chris Finney. Her and her husband are part of the pastoral staff here at Celebration of Life Church. And we're going to talk today about marriage. And Chris and David have an amazing marriage. Uh, They've been married a very long time. They've got a beautiful family. And she's got some real perspective on marriage, you know, I really believe if our homes are strong, whether you're, and you know, and I don't want anybody beating themselves up. I'm a single um, grandma myself, so whether you're single or you're married, I really do believe that God wants our homes to be healthy. He wants our homes to be strong. He wants us to learn. He wants us to grow because strong families make strong churches. Strong churches make strong communities. Strong communities make strong nations, and it really does all start at the home. So, Miss Chris, welcome to welcome to BPN Radio Warrior Watch. Uh, we're going to have an opportunity today to pray, and I want you to talk to me about what you've learned in marriage. And uh, one of the things that you said is you can't formulate people. Can you can you just give us some insight of some of the things that you've learned? Yes, and thank you so much, Pastor Kelly, for having me here. And I'm really excited to be here. At first, I was kind of like, I'm not sure what I can bring to the table. Um, but I think probably the fact we've been married for 25 years and we've just made things, we've made things work. And in thinking about it, um, I think part of that is really just allowing ourselves to grow together. That's awesome. I I think a lot of times we're always constantly changing. God never changes, but we are always constantly changing And I think a lot of times, especially, you know, we always get the bad rap Christians do as far as divorce rates and and things like that go. And I think part of it is right now, especially we live in a world where um, everybody wants to put that face of perfection forward. Mm -hmm. None of us are perfect. Uh, No one has a perfect marriage. There's no family that's perfect. But it's this persona that we think we must always maintain and to look perfect. And I, I think part of that jades the way that we grow together um it's it's because we're more concerned i guess what other people are thinking and what we're thinking ourselves as far as you can't formulate people i I think because we are human and because we do grow um we we can't necessarily um make someone do what we want to do 
most of the time, whenever I'm really upset with David and I'm praying, God, can you just change him? Talk to him about that. You know, we all do that. Most of the time, he kind of reminds me, well, this is what you need to work on. Right. You know, I it's mean. amazing. That really actually works in every relationship. It really does. When you're trying yes. to work through problems. If when you go to God about someone else and what they need to do, nine times out of ten, he doesn't really want to talk about that. He wants to talk about What's going on in your heart? Exactly, exactly. And I think that's so true in marriages. And nowadays, just, there's, there's so many things and so many people that bring baggage to the table. You know, we all carry around all this baggage. Um, and when you bring your baggage and then you have a spouse that brings their baggage and you're just constantly trying to lug all this baggage around and try to jumble all this baggage, then a lot of times it just it weighs you down to the point where you can't really come to agreement on anything. No, that's why we need the Holy Spirit because whether you're trying to navigate a marriage or you're trying to navigate a work relationship or you're trying to navigate even a friendship Mm -hmm. or even a a parent-child relationship, we need the Holy Spirit working on us and, like you said, unloading us from our own baggage. Right. So Because you know what God's been doing in me, Chris, is He has really been focusing on teaching me that it's not my place to fix anybody. That's right. Yeah. And I think that's where we can get stumbled up in any relationship. If someone asks, this is what the Holy Spirit said. There are going to be times, this is what the Holy Spirit told me in the last few weeks. There are going to be times that I'm going to open up doors of opportunity for you to help someone that you're in relationship with. But unless I open up that door of opportunity and tell you, he said, he said, he spoke this to me. He said, nine times out of 10, all I want you to do is pray. And when you take that formula, because I I mean, I I hate to use the word formula, but when you take that process and apply that to dealing with every relationship that takes a lot of burden off of you. Right. Uh, One of the things my daughter, who is a, who's a counseling psychologist, she's got a master's degree and she works with a lot of people. And she was telling me the other day, and I thought this was quite interesting. She said they did a study on a hundred couples 50 of them had been married a long time, 25 years and plus. 50 of them had been divorced. And they looked at their problems across the board. They found that of the whole 100 couples, that, that, that like 98% of them could not agree on 67% of the issues in their life. Wow. The difference in the 50 that made it and the 50 that didn't was that they didn't focus on each other's faults. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. So I thought, wow, that's, you know, it's hard to think that, okay, all these couples that are walking around being married for, for, you know, in in your mind, if you've been divorced like I have, you're thinking, you know, there's something wrong with me. How they have those perfect marriage? You know, well, they don't have perfect marriages. They just made a decision. That's right. A decision that they were going not focus on the 67% of problems that everybody had. Right. So I thought that was quite interesting. That is interesting. So talk to me a little bit about, and I think this is part of really this, this next topic, honor versus love. Talk to me about that and how that, how that operates. You know, even this morning, you saying that, go back to formulating people, Holy Spirit actually, um, uh, this morning was, was, um, showing me that he's a gentleman so he doesn't force his will on you and so many times we want to force our will on what that person is doing to the point even this morning he and I were having a conversation about that 
in any relationship, if you're trying to force what you want on that person and you want them to do it, think it, whatever, um, you're going to run into a problem. Right. But even this morning on the way, David did something in traffic, and um, and I said, why'd you do that? <laughs> and so he's explaining, he said, well, it's just what I did. But Holy Spirit said, are you forcing your will on him? Because he didn't wow. drive the way I wanted him to. Right, right. You know? But the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He does not force his will on us. No, he may speak to us. He may lead us. He may guide us. But he ultimately he, gives us the choice. He does. He does. And so many times we want to be the Holy Spirit in our partner's life and tell them how to live, especially women, because we think we're supposed to fix them, you know, and we're really not supposed to fix them. And then that it goes along with honor versus love. Um, I think where there's a, there's a cycle in marriage. And if, if a woman feels completely and totally loved by a man, then she's going to honor him. And, and, and if a man feels honored, then he's going to show his wife that he loves her. Wow. But if any of that gets off, if a woman doesn't honor her husband, if she belittles him, if she makes him feel like dirt, and if a man doesn't make a woman feel secure, it's, it's really more the security than the love that a woman needs. Um, then she's, you know, then it's just this vicious cycle. Um, I have, in our 25 years of marriage, that's one thing I can say about David, is I have never felt threatened. I've never felt like he's going to leave me. I have never felt like, does he really love me? I have always known he loved you. that he loved me, no matter what. And he's shown me time and time again, but even if there's no n- nothing outward manifestation. outward, yeah, manifestation, I just have always known that he truly loves me. So in that, I have the ability to honor him. Wow, that's amazing. What would you say to someone that is struggling with that? Maybe they're they're not honoring. How can how can we honor? How what's what does honor look like? I think for a man, what a man is looking for, um, he's looking for that that level of I appreciate what you're doing for us. Yeah, and it may not even be that he's really doing that much at that moment. But if you can focus in, it's like you said, we're not focusing on the problems. If you can focus in on what the things that he does right, and it's the same thing a man to a woman. If you can focus in on what they're doing right and you build them up in those things, then that's going to begin building them up to the point where maybe they do the next thing and the next right, thing. Right. But it takes time. It's not something that's going to fix itself overnight, especially if you've gotten into the cycle where you're both just constantly tearing each other down or making the other one feel insecure or hiding things or, you know, that kind of uh, situation. So it, it, it would take time. It's not something that's going to fix itself. But if you can change your focus and instead of looking at everything wrong and begin looking at everything right and begin having that conversation with them, then it's going to change their focus. Yeah, you've seen it many times in new relationships. They're, you know, they're only seeing the good. Right. And, yeah. you're, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, God. <laughs> When the when the when the euphoria comes off, right. and they start seeing each other not through rose glasses, but you know, right. really, we should keep those rose glasses all the time, right? For good, right? For good. If we can stay focused, and that's really in any relationship, yeah. if we can stay focused on what's good, and then really take to God the struggles that we have, then it keeps a relationship intact. And uh, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and to tear yeah. up relationships. And Jesus comes to bring restoration, right. unity. 
and, and, and holiness. And, you know, um, the whole church scenario is built around the family. So why would we even wonder why the devil comes after families? Right. He wants right. to tear the fabric of the church apart, and he starts with the very core of that, and that is the family. Um, so you're right. Honor versus love. A, a man needs honor. A woman needs love. And if this cycle gets off, then what you're you're in a, a real fast downward decline. Um, how do you lay it down? Let's talk about laying down the bad um, the bad cycle. What do you do? To, how do you lay that down and get started in a in a right direction? Well, I think part of it is first, and of course, I want to put this out there. If somebody's going through like genuine abuse. You know, obviously, right. Different. Deal. That's a completely different deal. This is your basic marriage. You've been married for a while. You're just trying to make it work. Um, I think a lot of times where we get off is, um, it's just like a chiropractor. You know, a chiropractor's theory is if there's one thing out of alignment, then you're gonna see yeah. the results, and you're gonna begin to get sick. And the more it gets out of alignment, the sicker you're gonna get in every area of your body, um, not just in your spine. So it's really the same thing. Um, we always talk about, you know, obviously God should always be first, and then our spouse, and then our children, right? and then ourself. And I think a lot of times when we get so focused on me, 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 that all we can see is everybody doing something wrong. If it's yeah. SSSSS. And then there's also the scenario where there's a lot of times that people... And a lot of times they don't mean to, but because you're spending so much time with your children that you're not necessarily meeting this, the needs of your spouse. Yeah. And I heard this said one time, and I think this is true. I used to have trouble with compartmental, compartmentalization because my personality is so, um, you know, I get focused on one thing and tend to forget everything else. That's my personality. So that's a struggle sometimes when you're trying to, to balance everything in your life if wow. you're if you're oriented that way. But I heard it said this way and I think this is the best scenario. If my if my focus with if my relationship with the Lord is intact and I love the Lord through my husband I love mm -hmm. my husband through yes. the Lord. I love yes. my children through the Lord's filter. I love, you know, my church work, whatever I'm doing, and I do it through the Lord, yeah. then what happens is you keep it in balance and order. Yes. But when you start trying to say, okay, i got to give the Lord this much time, my husband this much time, right. my kids this much time, right. that that's a cycle that will drive you crazy. Yes. But if you get up and you say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to I'm gonna serve my, my community through you. I'm going to serve my church through you. I'm going to serve the relationships through you. Show me how to do that. I think it's much easier, Chris. Yes. And I don't think it really comes down to time management. We always want to compartmentalize and make right. everything about time. Because, you know, it's, uh -huh. you should spend time with God. You should spend time with your husband. You should sure. spend time with your kids. Um, and there's a balance to all of that. But we want to, we, we equate um, time as, as a priority. And obviously we only have so many hours in the day. And for a woman, she does need to be able to take care of herself as well. But it's really about where are they in your heart? Because oh, that's good. if I honor my husband above my children, my heart is going to show that. Yes. And everything I do is going to show that. I may spend more time with them, but my heart is going to is going to show 
That you honor him first. And my, yeah, the way I treat him is going to show that. The way I treat God is going to show that. The way I treat my children is going to show them, I love you, but your dad is number one. Is number one above you guys. And when they have a marriage, then they're going to know that, you know. That's how it needs to be. That's how it needs to be. And when we get those things out of alignment, then in our own hearts, then it begins to manifest in our world. So it's really not about time management. It's really about our hearts. I love that. That makes total sense. Because when your heart's aligned right, Mm -hmm. everything else falls into place. Yes. You don't get out of whack with things. When your heart's not aligned right, that's so, so good. That's so good. Let's um, let's talk about the will of God in marriage. Okay. Take, let's let's give me give me some insight to that thought process. Well, the will of God is a person, and so many times we we get tripped up and we think. And there's actually somebody I know right now who's really struggling with this. Is you know the will of God is a person, and, and right now in my life, um, what I do, and we always want to use the phrase, "Is this the will of God?" Well, you may have gotten married at 20 you got saved at 25 and now you're questioning well is this really the guy I should have married was he really the will of God for me well right now in present time God's already worked all that out Mm -hmm. and so yes that's who you're married to yes Mm -hmm. that is the will of God Mm -hmm. so I think sometimes that's the lie of the enemy to get us tripped up into thinking that well, maybe I missed that. Yeah, maybe I should you're not, be with you, somebody else. Well, yeah, you're not believing God in faith for the best marriage because you're thinking, okay, I just need to get rid of this dude and go on to the next one. Yes, exactly. And, and you may not say that because you know it's not the Christian thing to say. Right. But if it's in the back of your mind, yes. it's going to affect how you pray, how you believe. I heard a minister say, the enemy can't do anything to you unless you believe a lie. In other words, yes, the lies you believe right. are the entrances into areas that he, the enemy will captivate or oppress you. So we've got to expose the lies. And many times, you know, we're, we're not getting freedom in an area, not because God doesn't want to bring freedom, but we've believed a lie. Right. We need the lie to be exposed. And you're right, you know. Uh, I've seen people get married in church, Chris, and the and the marriage in in divorce. So just because you marry at the altar, right. and the guy on the pew doesn't mean that the marriage is going to work out. So to sit around and second guess what you did when you weren't saved, I mean, like you said, if he's right. not beating you or right. she's not beating you and they're not cheating on you, right. and you're just having normal struggles. That's all about maturity, growth, prayer, yeah. and you're going to have those issues with anybody you marry. That's right. You know? Yes. I actually heard somebody the other day make the comment that the first year of marriage, everybody's trying to work out, um, you know, there's there's two separate people, and they're coming together as one person. So that first year of marriage is typically a little bit on the harder side because because there's two people who are supposed to be coming together to become one. So there's that struggle of self during that, well, uh-huh. there's people who've been married 20 years that are still struggling with that to become one concept, you know. Um, and so I think, honestly, that's why we're supposed to love our, our spouse, you know, as much as ourself. And, and my body is his body and his body is my body, you know. Right. Is, it's a partnership. Right. And we don't always look at it as a partnership. 
it's really about this is kind of what I want. This yeah. is the way I How see How can it. I rule him? How can I enforce my will on him? Right. How can I rule her? How can I enforce my... Instead of how can I accommodate his dreams, his right. desires? Yes. How can I put God first and him first? You know, and, and, and there's a balance with all of that. There's a balance with all that. You don't... No relationship needs to be 100% one-sided. Right. There needs to right. be give and take. But there's going to always be a stronger personality mm-hmm. and a and a, and a and a more easygoing personality, right? And uh, that's okay. That's okay. There's that's you know opposites usually do attract, right? And uh, you know God knows what He's doing, but a lot of times those things that cause you to attract are literally become the problems later on. Later on, that's right. Yes. And so you know that's why staying so focused on the Holy Ghost. And you know I know with you and you and David. David had kids mm-hmm. prior. Yes. Uh, he had been married once, and you had never been married. I had never been married. Right, and you had no children. No. And so that whole um, concept know. of now I've got a husband, mm-hmm. I've got children. Yes. We're going to have children. How do we make this thing work? How do we deal with the ex? How do I stay saved? How do I not kill somebody? You know, how do I, how do I love God, love him? Love these kids that are not my children, right. but now I have a responsibility to be their stepmother. I mean, these are all tough, tough questions yes. and tough, tough scenarios that hundreds of thousands of families face in this present day generation. Yes, we don't have a lot of families where they got married at you know young ages. They raised their families. There's no divorce, and when you start trying to do blended families, mm-hmm. um. Extra ex-spouses, Christmas, 14 places for the kids to go, uh, summer vacations, school, um, trying to, some in some cases, I don't know if this happened with you, where his kids came and lived with y'all for a while, mm-hmm. so you're having mm-hmm. to be stepmother mm-hmm. and guide them, but you're not their mother, and, you know, all the dynamics of that. And then now you've got your own children, and I'm sorry, I don't care what anybody says. I can love my stepchildren, but there's nothing like my own flesh and blood. And then you've got to try to be fair right. and balanced right. and not let your children get away. This is a hard deal. It is a hard deal. It it's is. a hard deal when it's just you and your husband and your kids. Yes. And then when you add all those dynamics, mm-hmm. how did you navigate through that? Well, I'll tell you this. I was 21 years old whenever I married David, and he was 30. We had met started dating, and were married within six months. Wow. So I, to me, I'm amazed that my mother didn't kill me because I think if one of my kids did that to me at this point, I would probably kill them. But um, I, I was 21 years old. Yeah, And, and I was helping raising, raise a, a five- and six-year-old. And, um, you know, I was mature for 21. I was mature for 21. But you were so, still 21. But I was still 21 years old. So that definitely had a lot of challenges. And I think us growing together in all of that process, plus, plus yes, there was an ex-wife who had the kids who raised them differently than, than our belief system. Right. So there was all of that in there. And, and honestly, I think, you know, as hard as it was, that made us who we are today. Yeah, well, you know, here's the thing about you that I really admire is you, and I've watched you, of course, in the last few years, us being in church together and working together on different things, I've watched your ability to 
love people. You know, here's here's the key. People are not our enemy. That's right. Yeah. People are not our enemy. And and so many times the devil wants us to focus on people. This person did something to hurt me or that person. People are not our enemy. The devil's our enemy. Right. And so if we can keep that in the front, yes. forefront of our mind and be in love and pray and have mercy and ask God for wisdom and realize that if you make people the enemy, you're going to lose. Right. But if right. you make the devil the enemy, who is really our enemy, he's the one that gets in. When I've hurt people, and I've hurt people, you know, it, it, I, was not listening, I wasn't listening to the Holy Spirit. Right. And when someone hurts me, they're usually not listening to the Holy Spirit. It's not right. them. It's the enemy. So we're going to come back and talk more about this. We're going to have a quick song um, about, uh, it's called Restore from Chris August. And then we'll be right back to talk more about marriage and kids and the blended family and uh, just all the fun stuff that, the challenges, but yet the great reward of marriage. Nobody's growing old together We've made it easy just to quit Love has become a negative percentage Why do we bother to commit? We've got a long list of excuses Ways we try to justify well, I propose to you the truth is Marriage does not have to die I know you're feeling like it's falling apart And it can't go on anymore But God is a God who knows how to heal So just give it up to the Lord he said with this ring I promise And with I do she said forever But right now if they're being honest They don't know if they'll stay together Fast forward to the future After struggling on their own They finally figured out They needed Jesus in the middle Now I'm watching God rebuild their home I know you feel it like it's falling apart And it can't go God is a God 
excited to have Chris Finney we've been talking about marriage and kids and family and husband and blended family we're going to go back and talk about marriage and kids and being a step parent you know what it's like to be uh, a blended family and how you go about that Chris talked to me a little bit about raising your kids and what it felt like to be a step parent and what God did and taught you during that well being a step parent anyone out there who's a step parent I just want to tell y'all that I have so much respect and honor for you. It is not an easy job. I don't care how amazing the ex is that's involved. I don't care how amazing that child is. To take on someone else's child and begin to raise them as their own um, is, is difficult. It is. And I'll say one thing about David and his family, and they, you know, there was a lot of blending in David's family. Um, but one thing that they they did and they they stood by is in this family there are no steps there are no halves we are family when you come over here chris is as much your mother and her authority is as much her authority as your mother's is at her at her house oh that's good so that's good. if she says something that's just the way it goes yeah. i'm not going to come in and i'm not going to intervene i'm not going to say anything different i'm going to support her decision in that of course he knew my heart so he also knew that I wasn't going to abuse the children. I wasn't going to abuse it. Yes, exactly. So from the beginning, it has always been that way. Um, so when we did have children, that was not their half brother and sister. That was their brother and sister. Mm -hmm. So that's just the way that we've, and whenever I introduced them, sometimes there was explanation, but I always said, these are my daughters. And then if, if it seemed to warrant an explanation that I would explain it. Um, most of the time, people really thought they were mine more than David's. The way they looked, the way they we interacted with each other, they wow. really thought they were more mine. Um, so that was that was a big help because we didn't have that struggle. And I and I encourage people that if you're gonna have if you're a part of a blended family, when those kids come over, um, a lot of times we don't allow that other parent to parent, and it is for only two days a week. But if you don't trust somebody enough to parent your child, don't marry them. Yeah, right. I mean, that's really the bottom line. If you're going to marry somebody and you have children, if you don't trust them to parent, then don't allow them, then don't marry them. Yeah, because the thing is, you you uh, you have to have unity in that area. You do. You yes. have to have unity. And I think one of the things that you have to be careful about, because I, I, I did blended family too. I, I understand the whole, I did it for a long time. I, I understand the dynamic. Is you have to be careful that, you don't allow your own children to do things that, you, that exactly. you know, yes. because it can be swing fairness. the other way too. There yes. has to be fairness. Now, I yes. always had an issue where, you know, the 
the step the the mother the biological mother let their children run like wild. Right. I didn't yes. let my children no. run like wild. No. So then when they come to my house, you know, I was like the mean stepmother. Right. But just not because I was mean to anybody because I don't have the ability to be mean. But I had rules and kids had right. to clean the rooms and kids yes. had to put. So what I ended up doing for peace sake, because you know, and this is a decision we made. I spent my whole time at first getting on to kids that had no structure. And my kids, and I felt like, okay, if I don't make them do what my kids, it's not fair to my kids. And then I finally realized, and this was just something we decided, I finally realized these kids are only here two days a week. Right. I'm just going to let them all, I'm going I'm to lax up on all of them because some of the stuff's not worth Yes. A heel not worth dying on. Right. So if the rooms get a little messy, because I didn't want to spend the whole weekend making his children feel terrible. Right. You understand? Yes. They can't help it how mama raises them. Exactly. Yes. So I just made a decision, told my kids, okay, those two those two days. Now I'm not talking about moral issues. I'm talking about the house being spotless, things exactly. that can go. Right. And I, I finally made a decision. I it's not worth it to me to have turmoil. The rooms can just be messed up, and we're going to have a good time. And then we'll. And I explained to my kids that during those times, it's just lax times. And then when we go back, we'll go back to our regular rules. Now that's a decision I made because I felt like having a good relationship with the kids mm-hmm. was more important than the room being clean. Exactly. Yeah. No. And I agree with that. I agree with that a hundred percent because they're all only there for two days a week. So I made sure there was at least something that we did that was fun. That's you have good. to have some fun. Sure. You know, there were absolutes. They understood the absolutes. So it's kind of like what you said. There moral was things, things that yes, there's right. moral things. There's things that we would teach them. There think there were lessons that you know. I also had the advantage advantage of them being younger. Teenagers, then that is a whole another ball of wax that you have to deal with as far as when you bring a teenager into the sure. house. But they were at least young enough that they were still. Um, I was able to influence them. But yes, there were there were things that here's the absolutes that we expect while you're here. But let's go have some fun. Now, yeah, and you know? in other words, and that's what you kind of have to figure out. I think, I think there's no real formula with this blended family thing. You kind of have to figure out what works for yeah. you, um, and the, and the spouse that you're working right. with. But one thing that has to be consistent is you have to ask Holy Spirit to help you love them the way yes. you love your own. And that's exactly what happened was when the girls were younger. Um, I I worked at the time. I worked retail, and I was a manager, so. I would work one weekend a month, a full weekend. And I, at that time, honestly, it was selfish on my part, but I had actually kind of, because his ex-wife was very good about, we could switch the weekends if we needed to. You know, we switched with her. She switched with us. We didn't necessarily keep, keep to the 135. Um, we worked with what was going on in our lives. And right. she was willing to do that, and we did that for her. She did that for us. Um, and I'm the one who worked with, with David's ex-wife. Um, after about a year of marriage, and there were some things that I saw, I was like, this is kind of ridiculous. So I, I talked to him. I said, why don't I communicate with her? Because when y'all communicate, it's not pleasant. So why don't I just do the communicating? And then I went to her, and I said, why don't you and I talk? Let's leave David out of this. You and I talk, and let's figure out what's going to work. And when we did that, she and I always did all the communicating after that, and then it was pleasant. That's great. And it That's got great. to the point where we had Christmases together. 
I threw her her 40th birthday party. It was just, it was very workable and um, it was much more pleasant than when they worked together. So for us, that worked. And like you said, people are people and you can't, you can't formulate people. You can't formulate children. No. You have to parent. You have to deal with people where they're at. If we, if we treat everybody, even our kids, if you treat them all the same, yes, they should have the same rules. Right. They should have the same, um, you know, basic. But if you parent them all the same, some are going to get lost behind. Yeah, and, it, well, people react different to different. Exactly. I mean, like, there was a couple of my kids that, you know, the only thing they understood was the back of a belt. Right. And then there was a couple of my kids that, a belt didn't do any good. No, there was no point in spanking them because yeah, they, they preferred you could, that. You could beat them all day long, but you put them in their room and take all their yes. friends away, and you'd really get somewhere. So right. you That's really true. do have to find out what works for that child. And in, in each scenario, especially a blended family scenario, you got to figure out what works. Right. There are some cases that nothing works. Right. It's true. And you just got to reside to the fact that you got to keep your heart right and do the best you can with your kids when you get them and let God work it all out right. in the wash. Yes. And then there's me, you know, I, I was always blessed with like you where I could figure out a way to make this work where we're not all miserable. Yes. Exactly. And, uh, and if you can, that's the best option yes. because who benefits from that is the children. Yes. And really you and, in all honesty, yeah. you know. I mean, you benefit if it's not completely miserable every time they come over. Right, right. But I had actually made it to where the weekends that I was off, because I'd have one weekend off and I had to work a full weekend, then it was just David and I, and then at that time John came along, which meant then when they were there, I was working a full weekend. So I didn't see them very much on, you know, one weekend a month. So one weekend a month they'd see me more. And finally, they came to me one day, and they said, we don't like this. We don't get to see you anymore. And that broke my heart. Wow. That broke my heart. So I, I really started praying, God, give me a mother's heart for them. Wow. Because I don't have that, and I need that. If this is going to work, I've got to love them like I love my own children. Right, right. That's awesome. And so I really started praying that. And in all honesty, the Holy Spirit really did a work in me. And... After that, I really did have a mother's heart for them. Wow. I mean, I really, you know, I I mothered them. I loved them. You know, they, they weren't there until their teenage years. Then they came um, and stayed. They lived with us on a more permanent basis during their teenage years, um, which I usually call those the hell years. Right, but, um, right. <laughs> sure, with any kids, whether they're yours or their stepkids <laughs> or whatever. Teenage, Jesus, take the wheel. But uh, it gave me, but even through those teenage years, because of that, because I, I made a decision that I was going to love them no matter what, then through those years, those teenage years, it was very difficult, very rocky. Um, a lot of, of just mess happened during that time. But my love for them, my focus on giving them the best and it right. being for their good, for their good, you know, right. was still there. It wasn't about necessarily giving in to them or um, about just throwing my hands up and saying, I don't care what happens, you know. It, it gave me that mother's heart for them. And to this day, they thank me. Wow. They recognize and realize the fact that I loved them. And I wasn't, it wasn't about being their friend. 
It was about being their parent and making sure that they made right decisions. Made right decisions, yes. That's so good. You know, and only God can give you that kind of a heart. Oh, yeah. That's right, yeah. Because there's nothing like your own biological children. Oh, I'm it's sorry. True. It is very so true. So when you start loving somebody else's kids, yes. you know, only God can give you that kind of heart. But I've, I've learned that when you allow Holy Spirit to do that, there's nothing like it. I yes. mean, you know, now you and David are loving other people's kids too. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so really that journey for you yes. started, God used that so that you could be really amazing at loving someone else's kids. Now in a yes. youth pastor type position where you're having to love a lot of different kids right. from a lot of different scenarios with a lot of different parents yes. and, you know, and love them and teach them and care about them. And because you pass that test, you pass that test. That's a test. You know, even sometimes loving our own kids is a right. test. It's a t- <laughs> you know, there's been times yes. I didn't love them for the moment. I right. loved them, but didn't like them. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. was very, very upset at them. Um, so let's talk about dying and seeking. Okay. Uh, what does it mean to die and seek? Um, it's kind of, it's really what we've talked about before. You know, a lot of times we... If we are having issues, well, in that moment, in that moment of me saying, okay, God, I want to love them as much as I love my that own was kids, dying. that was really dying. And that was seeking the answer that I needed for us. And everything really is not, it's not a formula. We really, as a family unit, you've got to find what works with you. You've got to find what works with your husband. Um, you've got to find what works with your kids. It's really about dying to what you want and seeking God to figure out how this is going to work and the reward of it when it when it finally comes together when you finally have you know made some decisions that I I want this I want to see this but maybe maybe it's not that time you know sometimes we want things for our kids or we want our husband to act a certain way but it's not that time for that you know Chris dying and seeking is a principle that applies to every part of our oh, life oh it really does well, if yeah. once we make a decision and we give our hearts to Jesus, literally you're going to live a life of dying and seeking. Here's what I found out. When I die out to what Callie wants, and I seek what God wants, and then this is what I've been praying, God give me the desire. Mm-hmm. Let your desire become my desire. Yeah. So yes. it becomes my Then I've died out to the fleshly Callie. Right. You know, one day I heard the Lord say, I was, I was talking to somebody, and I said, God wants to make all your dreams come to pass. And the Lord said, no, I don't. That stunned me. No, I don't. Be careful what you say. So later I went back and I asked the Lord, what, do you, what did you mean by that? He said, there are dreams in your heart that came from me. Yeah. And they're God-given dreams. But there's also dreams in your heart and in my people's heart that did not come from me. Right. It came from the flesh. I don't want to make all their dreams come true. I want to make the God-given dreams come true. And the things that the enemy has implanted and told you that you wanted that is nothing but a detour, I want to I want to root that out by my spirit and put only my dreams in. Yeah. That is, and that, that is dying so and seeking yeah. applies to every part Amen. of our life. It does. It does. We die out. I told someone yesterday, I was in, a, uh, actually it was day before yesterday, I was in Las Vegas with Rachel and I was sitting around a table with a bunch of writers and we got to talking about the Lord and I said, the gospel's going to cost you something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said, yes, I believe in grace. Yes, I know that God came to fulfill and to give us an abundant life. 
but I promise you the gospel is going to cost you something. Yes, Jesus paid the price for me to be saved, but if I truly die out to, to my will and do what God's called me to do, it's going to cost me something. And to have a good marriage, it's going to cost you something. To raise children, it's going to cost you something. To do the will of God in my life, it's going to cost me something. To be in ministry is going to cost me something. We don't always want the cost. But if we pray and ask Holy Spirit, he'll give us the desire to be willing to submit to the Holy Spirit. Because that that dying and seeking is really the key to a successful Christian life. It is, in all areas. In if, all areas. If it's your job, if it's your children, if it's if it's your spouse, if it's your friend, if it's your, if it's your ministry. I it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. So that has been, that just that whole dying and seeking part has, you know, you would think, I got saved at 17, you'd think, man, well, Pastor Kelly, you should be died out to everything. And, you know, but, you, you know, I hate to tell you <laughs> that, this is a this is, living for God. It's like Holy Spirit is an excavation tool. Yes, and He comes into our life. We open our heart up to Him, and He excavates our life. And He, you know, there's there's treasure and there's gold, but there's also areas of dirt and rocks and things that are hard that He, if we'll allow Him, He'll excavate out. Yes. and it's a lifelong process. You know, being committed. And allowing Jesus to be the Lord of my life doesn't mean I'm perfect. Right. It means I'm committed to the process. Yes, that's right. That's exactly and I right. think what you're saying is a, a, a good marriage, raising children, there's no perfect formula other than Jesus right that's in the middle exactly of it. That's exactly right. Yes, that's it. You can give us some tips, but ultimately it's putting Jesus First, in the right. dead center of your marriage, mm-hmm. of your children, of your blended family, you know, your workspace where you're dealing with a difficult boss or someone there that, you know, might be demon possessed, it's <laughs> making your life a living hell. And uh, we've all been there. <clears throat> but it's that dying and seeking part. Yeah. Lord, what are you trying? One, one thing that Pastor Cindy, my sister, said one day, we were ha- talking about an issue or a problem. And, you know, a lot of times we'll talk about an issue or a problem and we want to fix the people. But she said, I turned the thing around. I said, Lord, what are you trying to teach me mm-hmm. in this? Yes. Yeah, this situation's wrong, but what are you trying to teach me in this? What do you want me to learn? What? Do, how do I need to grow? We start asking those kind of questions and it right. seems like things start getting fixed. It's true. Yes. Things things start getting fixed. Um, let's talk about just have fun and enjoy the journey. Whenever I was sick, this is a, a phrase that we coined, because um, I was sick for many years, and God healed me from that. Um, but during that time, we didn't know from day to day, was I going to be able to get up and do anything? Was I not going to be able to do anything? What was the day going to be like uh, for us? And so there were things that we had to cancel on, plans that we canceled on, fun things, Um but that was one thing that, that we always said. At that time, my two children, John and Jess, were living with us. And that was what, what we would say, let's enjoy the journey. So sometimes that may mean all I could do is get out and take a car ride. So we would get out and we'd take a car ride. And we would David would point out all the beautiful things for the kids. And whatever it was we could do that day is what you did. Is what we did. And we decided that we would just enjoy it no matter what it was. Wow, what a blessing. And, um, I mean, David was my rock through all of that time of sickness. He would, he would allow me to have a time. If we got bad news, 
we had it we mourned for a day and a half and then we moved on that was it that's all we were allowed and we would pick each other up you know and i wow. I, I think we forget about that that we are you know this is a journey so if you're rock climbing and, and your partner's way down there you you pull them, pull them up that's awesome and that's what really marriage is it's about pulling each other up when the other one is is struggling you know we think men are always supposed to be strong but they sometimes we got to pull them up sure you know sure um they don't always it's not their job to always have to be the one pulling so uh but during that time that was just our phrase enjoy the journey and it has stuck all these years you know we still say it you know let's just enjoy the journey it's yeah. just life is a journey you know we get one life that's all we get and you have a choice you can enjoy it or you can not you know so whatever the circumstances that you're facing you can either learn to enjoy life for that moment you're still breathing you know yeah. so enjoy the moment that you're in enjoy the people you're with or you can be miserable you know that you know. is something in my younger days i was i my personality is i'm prophetic so i'm futuristic by right. nature so that's that's part of the gifting. So being futuristic is great, but it the downfall of that is not enjoying now. The present. Yes. Not enjoying now. So I wasted a lot of years being so futuristic mm -hmm. I could never even in the best of moments I was a year ahead, 6 months ahead, right. 4 days ahead, never there. In the last 3 or 4 years, especially in the last 2, I am I have learned the art of enjoying every day. Yeah. So whether I'm here doing a radio show or I'm sitting with Minerva planning the week or I'm in Las Vegas with Rachel for the day with writers or people that I have no clue, you know, that God, wherever God has me. Or like Sunday night, I was in Las Vegas. I decided to go to church and I had an amazing encounter with the Lord. And I'm learning to enjoy whatever moment I'm in. Yeah. There is so yeah. much amazing um, benefit in that. Yes. yes. And um, because there's so much to learn in every space of our life. Lord, I just, I, I, first of all, I thank you so much, Chris, for today. And Lord, I just pray uh, for every radio listener here today. I pray for marriages. Chris and I bind together and we pray, Lord, that you bless every marriage, every man, woman that's listening that may be struggling in their marriage. We ask you to send forth healing. We ask you to send forth wisdom. I thank you for everything that that Chris has said today, and I just pray that her words would ring in their ears. We pray for every blended family today. We pray for unity, love. We pray, God, that you would just allow homes and families and marriages to be strong. We ask you, Lord, to send forth angelic visitations to families. And, and Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. You're giving supernatural provision and, and ideas for these families. We just declare it and decree it in Jesus' name. We ask you to bless your people in Jesus' name. We've got one more song here that we're going to um, play, and then we're going to come back and we'll end up this program. We love you so much. I'm so confused. I know I heard you loud and clear so I followed through somehow I ended up here I don't want to think I may never understand that my broken heart 
is a part of your plan when i try to pray all i got is her and these four words thy will be done thy will be done Chris, would you pray real real quickly for all the marriages? I sure would. I'd be glad to. Father God, I just thank you, Lord God, Lord, that you established marriage, Father. So we don't have to question and wonder yes. if if our marriage needs to be good. It it just it it does, Father. And you're in the middle of it, Father. And we just thank you for that, Lord. I speak to every husband and wife out yes. there, Lord, that you would teach them to grow together, Father yes. God. Lord, that you would teach them to come together to agree, Father. We we thank you, Lord God, that you are you are causing people right yes, now to come Lord. into agreement with their spouse. We thank you, Father, Lord, that that families, Father, are being repaired. 
Lord, where, where there's difficulty with children, Father, yes. we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are coming right into the yes, middle of that, Lord. Lord Jesus. Lord, and I just thank you right now, Father, Lord, for every blended family out there, Lord Jesus. Lord, you have a purpose and a plan yes, involved in the middle of that, Lord Jesus. And I just pray right now, Lord God, that every yes. child would feel loved, secured in their home, Lord, that every husband and wife would yes. feel loved. They would feel honored, Father God. Lord, I just there I just speak an anointing right now to come over yes. homes out there. Every every person that can hear me, Father, I just declare right now, Father God, Lord, that their homes would be blessed, Lord. Yes, Lord. That they would be blessed in every area, Father. Lord, that you would just speak to them and show them exactly, Lord, what they need to do. Lord, those that are struggling right now, those that, that just don't even know if they need to continue with this marriage, Lord God. Yes. Lord, you are always the answer, Lord. You always have the solution. And I just speak into that situation right now, Lord God. Lord, that you would show them, Lord, what exactly they need to do, Father God. Lord, I just pray right now, Lord God, yes. that everyone... We begin, learn, Lord, to learn to die and seek, Father, yes. to die and seek, Father. Lord, because in the end, you're really the only thing that matters, Lord Jesus, Lord. You are the authority, Father God, over all of us, Lord Jesus, yes. and we just thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus, Lord, that that you are going forward, Father, and that your spirit is going forward, Lord Jesus, Lord, yes. and at the Right now, Lord, marriages are being healed, Father, yes, and we Lord. just thank you for that. We thank you for that right thank now you, in the name of Jesus. Okay, a couple of announcements. Thank you so much, Chris. This has been a phenomenal. We're going to have a second and a third uh, sh uh, radio broadcast about family. We want to talk about raising children. We want to talk about marriage and sex and how that, uh, you know, there's there's issues and things that, that the church needs to talk about and pray about. So we're going to have some, some uh, subsequent... Uh, shows to talk about some of these things that we really believe that the body of Christ needs to hear. But I want to encourage you to be on our prayer call April the 3rd at 9 a.m. Central Time, warrior-chicks.com. Sign up for that. I also want to tell you about the Her Voice Gathering December 7th and 8th in Portland, Oregon. Uh, Her Voice Movement is on Facebook. You can request to be a part of that. God is doing something really special among the women. Uh, I believe these Christian women across the nation. We love you. We honor you. We hope you have a wonderful day. We'll see you next week. For the past hour, you've been listening to The Warrior's Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.